the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. Always a pleasure. Today is Monday, November the 9th, 2020, in the year of our Lord. Today on November 9, 1989, Communist East Germany threw open the borders and allowed citizens to travel freely to the West. Joyous Germans were dancing on top the Berlin Wall. I was there, happened to be there in a ministry outreach. I saw it happen, and boy, it was something else. I have a piece of that wall, in fact, on my on my desk to this day. Today in 1620, the passengers and crew of the Mayflower sighted Cape Cod. That had not been their original um, goal or target, but that's where they ended up, according to the winds that were prevailing at the time. Today in 1799, Napoleon Bonaparte participated in a coup, then declared himself dictator of France. That sounds eerily familiar, doesn't it? Today in 1848, the first U.S. post office was opened in San Francisco. Today in 1938, Nazis looted and burned synagogues as well as Jewish-owned stores and houses in Germany, Austria. In a program of deliberate persecution, became known as Kristallnacht, Night of Broken Crystal. Today, in, in uh, 1906, <clears throat> President uh, Theodore Roosevelt, he became the first American president to travel outside the United States. He went to check on the progress on the Panama Canal. Then he visited Puerto Rico before he came home. Today, in 1976, the U.N. General Assembly approved resolutions condemning apartheid in South Africa, including one characterizing the white-ruled government as illegitimate. Interestingly enough, the black government now in South Africa, which has been celebrated around the world, and I'm not suggesting I don't totally disagree, but they have now declared farmland owned by farmers, white farmers, mostly English, that are living in South Africa and have been for generations as illegitimate, and they're taking over their properties. You don't hear a lot about that in the news, but it's happening. Farmers themselves, their families, their wife often are abused, sometimes raped, sometimes killed. Well, the legitimate government now of the people are taking the land. I know that's a very sensitive subject. I know why the news doesn't talk about it, clearly, but it's happening. Straight talk. Today in 2000, George W. Bush's lead over Al Gore in Florida slipped beneath 300 votes. It was suspense-filled, the recount, of course, hanging chads, remember all that? Well, that... Democrats threw the presidential election into the courts today in 2000. And here's what the leading Democrats said, told the news, the press, quote, 
This is an injustice unparalleled in our nation's history. But today, because Donald Trump is taking a position and also taking some obvious irregularities to the courts, the Democrats have a very different message for America. I'll get to that in a moment, but there's an announcement out this morning from Pfizer, BioNTech company. They they say they are more than 90, their um, coronavirus vaccine is more than 90% effective. And they made a statement this morning, just about an hour or so ago. They say it's a major milestone for the fight against the deadly global pandemic. They're based in New York, but they're a German biotech firm. The president or the CEO of the of the firm uh, said this morning in a in his news uh, in a press release or news conference, I guess it was. He said, "Quote: Today is a great day for science and humanity." He said, with today's news, we are a significant step closer to providing people around the world with a much-needed breakthrough to help bring to an end this global health crisis. And so they say that they're in phase three study of the vaccine. Uh, 94 of the trials, 43,538 participants contracted COVID-19 as a result of the shot. The other um, 43,000 400 and some did not. And so they feel that they're moving close to the targets that are standard in the medical field for vaccines. And they believe that uh, they will have it out in a matter of days, not weeks. And uh, it's two shots and the virus, uh, the person that takes it is protected from the virus in 28 days from the beginning the first shot, and then they get another shot from, if I'm understanding this correctly, I'm, it just kind of happened a few minutes ago. Um, anyway, there's a lot a lot of discussion about that. Interestingly enough, while they were making that, um, that those comments to the press and the world, uh, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, he was on Good Morning America this morning at the same time. So they asked him about it, and they asked him, what do you think about this? And he, he, interesting interesting comment. He said, well, it's good news and bad news. And he said, it's bad news that it would arrive while President Donald Trump is still in office. Uh, George Stephanopoulos, he said, well, we were talking yesterday, that which would have, would have been Sunday, he said about the importance of vaccine distribution in the next two months. So he said, you know, what? what's your problem, basically? And they're close friends, of course. It was very collegial. But Como said, well, it's good news, bad news, George. The good news is that Pfizer tests look good and we'll have a vaccine shortly. The bad news is that it's about two months before Joe Biden takes over, and that means this administration is going to be implementing a vaccine plan. The vaccine plan is very important, and it's probably the most ambitious undertaking since COVID began. No, the, the most end of quote for a moment, the most ambitious plan was that Trump energized this thing and put it on a on a fast track, or we would be having this conversation in next August or July, or I mean, July, August, September, somewhere in late summer, early fall of next year at the earliest. That's what Fauci and everybody else was saying. Trump said, no, we're going to get it done sooner than that. We're going to get it done right. We'll go through all the steps. 
but we can do some of the steps simultaneously. That's exactly what they've done. And now the the report is out there this morning. But Como doesn't really care, and that reflects more than just he. They don't really care about the vaccine and helping people. What they care about is who gets the credit for it. And that's what he's saying. He continued, and I'm quoting again now, and the Trump administration is rolling out the vaccine plan. He said, I believe their plan is is flawed. He said, I believe it learns nothing from the past. They're basically going to have private providers to do it, and it's going to leave out all sorts of communities that were left out the first time when COVID ravaged them. Como provided no evidence for his assertion that communities would be left out by the vaccine if Trump distributes it under his administration. And uh, finally, uh, uh, Como was asked what Biden should do differently than Trump has been doing. I was surprised that Stephanopoulos asked the question, but he did. And Como couldn't answer it. He struggled. He said, well, uh, uh, uh," and then he said, well, Trump administration is focused on the private sector, but we should all be focused on the government. I want to talk a little bit about that today as well. Attorney generals in Missouri and uh, Kentucky have joined a Republican lawsuit challenging Pennsylvania mail-in ballots before the U.S. Supreme Court this morning. Spokesman for Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt, he said, and he was quoted by the St. Louis Post uh, Dispatch, he said uh, that he intends to add his name to an amicus brief, the Attorney General, a document that can be filed by a non-party in a given case. So he's going to be joining that. The Kentucky Attorney General, Daniel Cameron, also will be joining this court filing with an amicus brief uh, in support of the attorneys general in Missouri and Kentucky. Louisiana Attorney General Jeff Landry, he he heads up the Republican Association of Attorneys General. He said in a series of statements on Twitter this morning, that the legal process should be allowed to play out before declaring a victor in the 2020 presidential election. Yesterday, Lindsey Graham told the press that he absolutely is encouraging President Trump to pursue his lawsuits and pursue this whole matter of irregularities, quote unquote, in voting to the end, wherever it takes him to the end of the path. No outlet uh, or complaint campaign should rush to calling the 2020 race until every legally cast vote is counted. Graham is saying that, President Trump is saying that, and a growing number of Republicans are now saying that, and I'm glad because there's been a deafening silence by most of the Republicans, not all, but most of them, too many of them. The American people have and can wait for a couple of days or weeks more to guarantee the legitimacy of this election, or or prove that there is corruption. I personally have seen enough to where I believe, personally, there's a lot of corruption there. It just doesn't, it just can't add up. And I've done a lot of reading over the last four or five days on this particular subject. But Trump said in his statement this morning, he said, the simple fact is the election is far from over. Joe Biden has not been certified as a winner in any of the states, let alone any of the highly contested states headed for mandatory recounts or states where our campaign has valid and legitimate legal challenges that could determine the ultimate victor. 
Trump said legal votes decide who is president, not the news media. Chuck Schumer is telling the press in another statement via Twitter. He says, now we take Georgia, then we change the world. That's kind of the mentality of of the Democratic Party. They want to change everything. That's what progressives do. They want to change everything, and they call change progress. Well, often progress does involve change, but often progress involves discovering what is right and true and best. C.S. Lewis had a lot to say about that, and he, in fact, said the most progressive of all people are those who discover that they're on the wrong path, turn around and go back where they started and choose a different path. And he said a lot more along those lines, but that is not what we're seeing from the progressive party in America today. The radical far-left progressives have one idea in mind, and that is to seize control of our government because they see government as more important, just as I quoted from Schumer stumbling around trying to come up with a reason on live television this morning as to why why Biden is going to do better than Trump. And the only reason he could come up with is the default for the progressives. He came up with the idea, he said, well, Trump is focusing on, you know, private industry in getting this job done. And we're focusing, Biden and all of us are focusing on the government getting this job done. It's sad, but it's true. That's where we are today. There's a great divide in America today, and it, I'll tell you, it has has little to do with politics, as we call it, quote-unquote. It has everything to do with the deepest, most fundamental, most deeply held beliefs that individuals have. And the, gov- and the country is pretty much evenly divided, you can see from the voting, the numbers that have come out in this last election. I hope you had a good weekend. I want to thank you for joining me this morning on Monday morning. There's a lot to talk about. There are a lot of lawsuits that have been filed that are being filed. That'll play out over the next few days. Uh, There's not a lot to talk about this morning except the fact that they're being filed, they're being pursued, and uh, with a great amount of energy, I might say, from the people that are working with President Trump. We'll see what comes of all of this. The news will suppress it. You won't get a correct or you won't get much of a report on what's happening and the reports that do come out in the mainstream news i'm talking about abc nbc cbs uh cnn for sure and unfortunately even sometimes fox nowadays and i say that with sadness really but it'll be suppressed to a great degree people like tucker carlson sean hannity um some of the others two or three others on there that i mean man they're they tell it like it is. Laura Ingram, I watch them when I can, and I watch them as often as I can. But for the most part, Fox has really taken a funny turn. And they're not the Fox that I've watched for years. They're probably not the Fox News that you've watched as well. I'm not suggesting we shouldn't watch them. I'm just suggesting watch them with a little bit of caution because they're not where they were at one time. They're not solidly conservative. I don't know how they would define themselves, but I would define them define them as being very disappointing. That's what I would say about them. But 
they had they were the highest rated um, news organization, including the the mainstream mainstream channels uh, uh, networks on um, on election day. They were like 19 million viewers, and the others were less than that. And so uh, they're doing well. They're making a lot of money, but they're disappointing to me for those reasons. I also want to just take a moment and say thank you for your support. We are are here daily um, because you allow us to be by with your support. If you've been listening to us for a long time or if you've just started, you may have noticed we don't talk a lot about fundraising here. We're not on here every day, you know, telling you if we got matching gifts and all this kind of thing because we don't. Uh, I mean, it would be nice if we did, but we don't. But we do mention uh, from time to time that we need your support. And the fact that we're not talking about it all the time, as some do, doesn't mean we don't need your support. We really do. I just sort of decided when we started this program now some seven, eight years ago, it's been a while. I just told the Lord, I said, Lord, I will do this. And uh, I wasn't planning to do anything more at the, on this level. But I said, Lord, I will do this. I just ask that you speak to the hearts of people and they'll support us and we can pay the bills because if, if that doesn't happen, then I'm out. We're not going to turn into a fundraising machine every day where we ask for money and on and on and on and on or to go in debt. I don't, I, God doesn't want us to do that. And I, I it's just not, not a good idea in general. And I think you would agree with me. So all of that said, we need your support. And um, <clears throat> we... <clears throat> thank the Lord for it. We thank you for it. So thank you so much. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Or you can go to our website, faithandfreedom.us. There's a tab there. You can donate online. Be sure it's .us, though, faithandfreedom.com, .whatever, get you to other people including one Muslim organization that has picked up the name Faith and Freedom. But there's a number of other Christian organizations. They did not exist, or they weren't on the Internet, when we started the Faith and Freedom Foundation ministry. But uh, they are now, so don't be confused. But faithandfreedom.us. As the Trump campaign is filing a number of these lawsuits, they filed them Friday, they're filing again this morning. It's all regarding, really, voter fraud. There's a complicit press and, of course, the Biden campaign that has declared Joe the 46th president of the United States. I mean, they've moved on. They don't need that, much like Napoleon. He participated in the coup and then declared himself dictator. That's how that works. The media elites, Joe Biden, in their kind of a highbrow form, they're repeatedly telling us little people out here, us uninformed, unwashed, to stay calm and let democracy work. I can't tell you how many times I've heard that said, let democracy work. It's been said by conservatives as well. But Alexander Hamilton, Thomas Jefferson, Benjamin Franklin, John Adams, and James Madison all warned us that democracy has never worked. It doesn't work. That's why they gave us a republic, not a democracy. Amidst dozens of charges, legitimate, I believe, of voter fraud, the far left is dangerously close to taking control of the Senate, which would give them control of Congress and the White House should Biden become president. 
He is not now. With tens of millions of Christians voting, praying for different results that would support biblical Christianity, why would God allow this to happen? I'll come back to that in a moment as well. But most of Americans' founders warned future generations about the perils of democracy. I know that it's going against the prevailing thought out there today. Alexander Hamilton said, quote, We are forming a Republican form of government. Real liberty is not found in the extremes of democracy. If we incline too much to democracy, we shall soon shoot into a monarchy or some form of <clears throat> dictatorship. In the last letter that he wrote before he died in a duel, as we know, Hamilton said this. He called democracy a real disease. He wrote these words. He said, our real disease is democracy. Why would Hamilton call democracy a disease? Well, Thomas Jefferson answered that in part. Thomas Jefferson said a democracy is nothing more than mob rule, where 51% of the people may take away the rights of the other 49%. John Adams, our second president, he wrote, quote, Remember, democracy never lasts long. It soon wastes, exhausts, and murders itself. James Madison, the father of the Constitution, wrote in the Federalist Paper, number 10, that pure democracies, he said, quote, I have, have ever been spectacles of turbulence and contentions, have ever been incompatible with personal security or rights of property, and have in general been as short in their lives as they have been violent in their deaths. So what's going on in our country today? Well, the founders never used, really, words republic and democracy interchangeably. But we are in our culture today. We use democracy when we're really talking about our form of government. Our form of government is not democracy. It's, it's a republican form of government, a republic. They had, according to their own words, studied former, uh, various forms and systems of government throughout history. Remember when they had the big argument when they were trying to frame and write the Constitution? They got angry at each other. Some of them left. Some of our founders walked out the door. They said, I, I, I'm out of here. And it was Ben Franklin, who was not very religious, really, compared to some of the others. He said, man, we've got to pray. And he suggested, in fact, he put a resolution forward that they start every day with prayer because he said, if we don't pray, he said, we're not going to succeed with this any better than the builders of Babel did, the Old Testament. And they did pray. And they did write the Constitution. The Constitution is a product, really, of a lot of study and a prayer meeting. Really, it is. But they never used the word republic and democracy interchangeably. What they were looking for was a system of government that would best detour a tyrant like King George III or a group of tyrants from denying God-given rights to Americans. Ben Franklin, stepping out of the building after they did get the Constitution written for the founders of our country, a woman saw him and recognized him. She stepped to him, over by him, and she said, Mr. Franklin, what kind of a government have you given us? Franklin's reply, it's been often quoted, he said, a republic, if you can keep it. Our founders <clears throat> never intended our nation to devolve into democracy, per se. The difference today is at the heart of the great divide in our nation. Ignorance of our own history, it's made it easier for the so-called progressives of either political party to blur the distinctions that have traditionally defined our country, our republic. 
by using words like democracy, progressives have in both parties, not just Democrats, but mostly Democrats, they've effectively begun to convert Republican system that preserves unalienable and individual God-given rights to a socialist democracy. When Bernie Sanders is talking about socialism, and yes, he's a socialist, he's talking about a form of socialism, of democracy, at least as a first step, as the leap off the cliff. He is comfortable with that, but unfortunately, he and others are comfortable with it because uninformed people have set the stage to where it's not as abrasive as it should be in its own form if it isn't wrapped by this constant interchanging of the idea of a republic and a democracy. Barack Obama called the process remaking America. Joe Biden isn't sure what to call it, but the people around him who will be running the country should he be elected, they know exactly what they're doing. Kamala Harris, Bernie Sanders, Ocasio-Cortez, Elizabeth Warren, John Kerry, Obama, Pete Buttigieg, all of these guys are in play now. They're all going to be very involved in this. Obama will have his hands all over the government. It'll be like he's in the White House, except he won't have the responsibility or the glory of it, but he doesn't care. He just wants to remake America. That's what these people are about. That's the goal, to fundamentally remake America, economically and morally. The bottom line, democracy is slowly being used to transform a republic based on God-given rights with a system that replaces the individual's God-given rights with government entitlements. The greatest and most current um, example of that, our Constitution declares and a Republican government protects our God-given right to assemble and conduct religious services in churches. And yet the government has said no. A democratic government assumes the role of caretaker for the greater good. That circumvents the Constitution. It declares that it's illegal for churches to hold public services, and if you assemble, punishment will follow. New York Governor Cuomo said last week about this pandemic, I don't care about your religion. We've got to do what's right for the general public, speaking of we as the government. Constitutional protection to live out a religious faith, including deeply held biblical beliefs about celebrating homosexual behavior, so-called same-sex marriage, it's not only no longer tolerated, but punished by laws written and approved by a democratic majority that disagrees with biblical Christians. That's where this is taking us, and that's what our founders were trying to say to us. I've written a fairly extensive article on this today at faithandfreedom.us. I would encourage you to read all of it. I don't have time to go through all of it today, but democracy has become a Trojan horse. It's brought to the gates of America as a gift of empathy and tolerance and fairness and equity and all of that, and equality, or equity, not equality, as Kamala Harris was saying just this last week. Once inside the city, the enemy of freedom and liberty will exit the gift horse and open the gates to the very thing that Hamilton and Jefferson and Franklin and Adams and Madison and others were warning us against. To the degree that America moves away from Judeo-Christian values and principles, we will be moving away from our founding principles and toward a godless, lawless culture with a few elites who will rule. That's where we are in America today. The progressive belief believe that their cause is so noble that the end justifies the means to accomplishment. And yes, if that means changing ballots, so be it, because our cause 
is noble. Well, I'm out of time, but let me just tell you that God is in control, and he will remain in control. I'll see you tomorrow.